In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, today the church marks Septuagesima Sunday, the beginning of the period of pre-Lenten preparation. That tells us that Ash Wednesday is only 70 days away. The readings the church gives us are meant to help us warm up for the spiritual battle that will take place during 40 days when we, join, we will join Jesus in the desert. In today's episode, St. Paul speaks to us of the zeal we should have for living and sharing our faith. St. Paul says, do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run in the race, but only one wins the prize. So run as to win. Saint Paul was someone who ran to win. He was someone who disciplined himself to be a disciple. Someone who sought to train the first Christians not to be bench warmers, but hall of famers. As we mark Septuagesima Sunday, it's a call for us to be ambitious in the right way, to seek to be great, to be strong not lukewarm, not mediocre, for God's kingdom to come. It's a call for us to compete, compete to win an imperishable crown. Do we approach faith with this type of purpose, with this type of interior resolve and courage, with this type of goal? are the last first. Yet today, in today's Gospel, Jonas seems to be suggesting the opposite. He seems to be saying that it does not matter how hard we strive for his kingdom. Rather than seeking to be first, he tells us, the last will be first and the first will be last. He seems to be suggesting that no matter how hard we work for his kingdom, under the brutal sun in his vineyards, we will get no advantage at all over those who like the good thief, steal the prize at the end. Are Jesus' words contradicting St. Paul, short-circuiting St. Paul? The answer is no. But in order to see why it's no, we have to enter into the parable and see what Jesus is affirming and what Jesus is not. Jesus was using this story to preach to the Jews about salvation. 
By the time of Jesus, the Jews had already been God's chosen people since the age of Abraham, about 1,800 years prior. For 1,300 years, they had been committed to keeping a covenant with God based on the faithful fulfillment of the law of, Mo of Moses. Imagine, all of a sudden, a carpenter from Nazareth who was working all types of miraculous signs to back up the authority of his potent preaching was saying that others were going to get the same life's wage that the Jewish were. He said that the prostitutes, if they repented and accepted his gospel, were going to receive the full pay of salvation. He said that tax collectors, hated by observant Jews for their complicity with the Romans, would receive the same if they accepted the gospel like Zacchaeus or St. Matthew. Most shocking to their ears was Jesus' assertion that even the Gentiles, that means even those who were not Jews, would be saved. It just didn't seem fair to them. Many of his listeners were convinced the system was unjust. After all, were not those who had kept the law of Moses with such exactitude and rigor for 1,300 years entitled to something special? The, Lord the Lord's generosity in freely offering salvation to others, like he would to the good thief on the cross, was making the Jews jealous and envious. Through this parable, Jesus was exposing a serious flaw in the way they looked at the covenant with God and with the religious life in general. Just like sometimes, we can view work as a burden rather than a blessing. So they looked at their keeping of the precepts of the covenant more as a yoke than a grace. They failed to see that they had already received more than the others were being offered because of the great gift of having been able to walk in the Lord's way up until then. Dear friends, we Catholics can often be guilty of the same flaw. We can be secretly jealous of those who have lived a wild and sinful life but who, because of God's mercy, converted before it was too late. We can resent, as those who had worked all they did, 
that the master is making others equal to us who have shouldered the weights of fidelity to the law all along. But this envy happens because our vision has become twisted. The expression the master in the parable says today, are you envious because I am generous? Is your eye evil because I am good? The generosity of another, especially of God, sometimes makes us angry because we think that we are to win, that if we are to win, others must lose. That we cannot be happy and enjoy the fruits of our work unless others, especially the lazy bums, who have not made the same choices we have, are unhappy. So the first lesson, the first lesson that the Lord wants us to take from this parable is that he, in his mercy and generosity, continues to call others into his vineyard to join those whom he called earlier. We need to let people know and ourselves take seriously how many job openings there still are in the vineyard of the world. Now, are we truly laborers in the Lord's vineyard? Because there is a second lesson from the parable that is at least as important. When many of us, Catholics, in good standing, hear this parable, we initially seem to relate to those hired at 6 a.m. in the story, because we think we have been in the vineyard from the day of our baptism. But, dear friends, the Lord wants us, all of us, or at least many of us, to recognize that it is more likely that we are still in the marketplace. Many of us have not yet begun to work for his kingdom. We are bodies in his vineyard, not laborers. We can sometimes think we are carrying our weights by the simple fact we come to Mass, put something in the basket, say our prayers and avoid mortal sins. Or we think we are doing heavy lifting by the fact that we can easily point to many people who are barely lifting a finger. Compared to them, we look industrious. But God wants us to each of us to become a real laborer, true hard worker in and for his kingdom. And many of us have not yet worked up a sweat to bring others to salvation. In the parable, we see how the master representing God exhaust himself even in comparison to the workers who were hired first thing in the morning. He was even willing to lose money 
ready to lose money to hire people at the end of the day. Not only because he cared about taking, he cared about taking in the harvest, which represents the urgent harvest of souls, but because he did not want anyone excluded from the work of and in his kingdom. Notice that he doesn't give things out of charity to the people sitting idle in the marketplace. He gives them something to do. His question to those hired at 5 p.m., why do you stand here idle all day? This question shows his passion that everyone come to his vineyard to work. Their response, because no one has hired us, shows in a sense how so much inactivity, laziness, had led to a self-pity that had made irresponsible. Did they not realize that the master of the vineyard was hiring everyone? Many times, we can say that the reason why we have never gotten involved is, oh, no one asked me. Dear friends, with regard to the harvest, God never wants us to say that. He's counting on all our help and he's passionately and continuously coming out in search of all of us to summon us to labor with him for the salvation of the human race. The essential lesson of the parable is that to be in the kingdom of God means to be working together with God and together with others, some who have entered the field before us and some who have come after us. But there is much work to do and God wants each of us doing much work and working hard. We see in the parable that remaining idle on the sidelines, when God's hiring us all to do his work, is not merely the worst of missed opportunities, but the lack of the life God wants us to share. He wants us not only objectively to share in the work of the harvest, but he wants us to form us as harvesters. Because our life, like that of the day laborers in the marketplace, is purposeless unless we grasp that we are hired and get down to work. Our failure to recognize and to respond to his call deprives us of this great good. Today, Jesus is looking at each of us straight in the eye and saying, you too, go to work in my vineyard. Today, he's saying to each of us, just like he shockingly said to St. Paul, you are hired. 
we ask him for the grace that lacks St. Paul, we may see that truly to live is to live in Christ, to fight the good fight and to finish the race as a winner, as a champion, by keeping the faith, living it and spreading it so that we may share his joy in bringing in a great harvest of soul to rejoice with him and with us forever. There is much work to do and out of love for others and for us, God is sending us to do it. No matter how long we have been in the race, we have to run. No matter how long we have been in the race, let's not resolve together to run so as to win and to help others pass the finish line triumphant as well. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.